Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So I have a question for you. Tonight's title, we'll just get right to that, is Are You a Hero of the Faith? Spoiler alert, if you're in Christ, the answer is yes. You are a hero of the faith. And I was like, well, Mike, how can I be a hero of the faith? I've read, read Hebrews 11. There's some awesome names in there. There's no way that I qualify to be a hero of the faith. I'm going to prove to you tonight that you are indeed a hero of the faith. Now, if you're not in Christ, what are you waiting for? <laughs> it's awesome. And no worries. Uh, certainly provide an opportunity for you to join God's forever family before we're done tonight. And when you receive Christ, you receive all of God's promises that are yes and amen through Christ. It is truly exciting. And so um, we will give you that opportunity uh, coming up. So I suppose we should start with faith. Makes sense. So what is it? What can it do in your life? What can it do for your eternal life? So let's jump into Hebrews 11, verse 1. In the New King James Version, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we don't know the uh, author of Hebrews. A lot of us, I think, a lot of people think it's Paul, but nobody knows for sure. So the author of Hebrews here, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What in the world does that mean? Well, let's try a New Living Translation, all right? (laughs) Let's try that. This is a little better. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So it's kind of like chasing a dream, right? With a huge difference. I mean, a ginormous difference. If your faith is in God, then your faith is in His promises. And then the evidence of things we cannot see is we will see them. (laughs) So if God says it is going to happen, so if God has given you a word and he's confirmed that word in your heart, it's more than a dream. If God has promised it to you, it's going to happen. If God has promised it generally in the Bible, it's going to happen. We just went through Revelation. Those things are going to happen because God is true. And so we're not just chasing a dream when we're talking about faith, although I think it's a pretty good analogy. The things that we don't see and the things that we hope for, um, we will see them uh, if God is in them. Because Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Um, Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? God's word is good. Um, I don't know. Um, Just think about your own life. I'll think about my life. I've made promises to people like, hey, yeah, I'll do that thing, and I'll have it done by such and such time. And, well, (laughs) it doesn't always happen. Um, You know, it's we're people. We're not perfect, and we're never going to be perfect this side of heaven. So if you're going to have faith, and if you're going to have faith in anything, have faith in God. Because He is faithful even when we are not faithful. He's not a man that He should lie. So don't put your faith in the cowboys. 
They'll let you down. Cowboy fans, can I get a witness? Certainly don't put your faith in Jerry Jones. I mean, if you want to win football games, maybe if you want entertainment, that might, that might work out. Don't put your faith in stocks and bonds, the economy, your bank account, Bitcoin, <laughs> right? All of that stuff is going to fade away. Don't put your faith in the sun and the moon. Wait, what? Not even the sun and the moon? Well, we've, we've learned in Revelation that even the sun and the moon are going to fail. God's going to cause them to fail. So no, even though they've been keeping time for the human race since the beginning of the human race, they were created and set in motion by God who made them out of nothing. <laughs> so I don't know, what are you going to do? Are you going to put your faith in God's creation? And we see that all over the world where people are trusting in golden calves, where people are trusting in the stars and what are the stars telling me? Uh, no, don't put your faith in God's creation. Put your faith in the creator of these things. Back to Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. <laughs> so, you know, God, I, I was going to say God woke up one morning. God doesn't sleep. So he didn't even wake up one morning and decide to create the universe. He just spoke and, and of course, we can read the account in Genesis day after day. He just added to his creation, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was better, and it was great. <laughs> and that's what God did. And just uh, freebie and pretty basic stuff, but as you know, the spoken word of God is Jesus. And also in Genesis, it says that the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. And so you have two places in the Bible where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are together Right at the beginning in Genesis 1, where God spoke and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the water and it was God who was speaking, all three of them were there. And then when Jesus got baptized, of course, then God spoke, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit fell on him and the three of them were together reunited again. Um, so those are the two places. So it's really an amazing thing uh, about who God is. I mean, he is powerful. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. And we can trust him no matter what. And we take him at his word. More on that in just a bit, but I want to talk about the heroes of the faith. So when I first became a Christian 22 years ago, actually before that, I'll get into that, but 22 years ago, I remember reading Hebrews 11 for the first time. And uh, here is an amazing list of giants of the Bible. You've got Moses, you have Enoch, there's Gideon. I'd like to do a whole message on Gideon. I love Gideon. David, Samuel, all the prophets, and Samson? Wait, what? Samson? How did Samson make the heroes of the faith? Are you kidding me? Uh, what is this rebellious strongman who was seduced by Delilah and had his eyes gouged out? How in the world is he in the heroes of the faith that was illegal for him to marry Delilah in the first place? Should have listened, man. Maybe you would have had kept your eyes harsh, I know. But I was a new Christian. I was, you know, I was very, uh, oh, what's the word? Self-righteous. It's like, how come you don't believe what I didn't believe two months ago? You know, it's kind of that kind of, it was obnoxious, dude, really. So, of course, I was no better than Samson, uh, right? Probably a lot worse, truth be told. I've told some of those stories, but nowhere near all of them. 
and so, but in my self-righteousness as a new believer, I was like, dude, how did Samson even make that list? Well, of course, he prayed to God for his strength to return, and he pushed the pillars of the Colosseum where he was being put on as a spectacle. And the resulting collapse of that structure and God's answer of his prayer, he not only killed him, but um, he killed more Philistines that day than he had all of his other battles with the Philistines prior. Like when he killed, you know, the, the Holy Spirit fell on him and he slaughtered all these Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. Um, just amazing stories of Samson. And so I've come to learn <laughs> Samson is an awesome hero, hero of the faith. And I love his story. That dude was crazy, man. Um, and I've discovered um, this many years ago reading the Bible. Check this out. In Judges, this is kind of a rabbit trail. Judges 14, 1 through 4. One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. When he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. Uh, his father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among the Israelites that you could marry? They asked, why must you go to pagan Philistines Philistines, to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. His father and mother didn't realize that the Lord was at work in this. Catch that. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at the time. So, <laughs> it's amazing. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work. The Lord was using uh, Samson when he goes, ooh la la, look at that girl. I've got to have her. And God was using that to put something between Israel and the Philistines. Um, so God was in that attraction. And I'm telling you, God is not religious like we sometimes think he is. He's not religious like we are. And not only that, but God saves. So Samson was crazy, and he was lustful, and he was a mess, and he broke the law by eating honey out of a, cor out of a carcass of a lion. And, you know, he broke all these laws, but God was with him. And God used these things. I'm not saying that God condoned these things. But God used these things for his purposes. God uses evil, even, for his purposes. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Uh, but back to the heroes of the faith, faith as the list of saints in Hebrews 11 is referred to. That's, yeah, yeah right. Hebrews 11, that's where the heroes of the faith are. The Hebrews 11 doesn't say, here are the heroes of the faith, but they're commonly known as the heroes of the faith. And also faith in action because of the works that they did because of their faith. So Hebrews 11.31 uh, talks about someone else that you maybe not expect to be there. Uh, Hebrews 11.31 says, It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people of her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And so, wait, what? We got Samson, now we've got a prostitute? She put her faith in God and was spared, and she was saved. So she was spared when Jericho was overrun by the Israelites and war was all around her, and she was told to stay in the house and you'll be safe, and she stayed in the house and she was safe. And she was spared, but she was saved also because 
in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, what saves you? Your faith in God. That's what makes you a Christian after the cross. And faith in God is what saves you before the cross. She had faith in God. So here's a prostitute. God can get down in that mess. God can break through that lifestyle. And God can say, even a prostitute, even a Samson, even a Mike, can, uh, he can break through that and he can save you from who you are. And so she was saved by her faith. So she's even mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus, mentioned by Matthew in Matthew 1. Matthew 1.5 Salmon, I don't know, is that salmon? <laughs> that makes me hungry on everything. Uh, salmon begat Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king. So what did we go back three or four generations? And there is Rahab before the king David. God honored her faith. It's a beautiful picture. So Bathsheba's in there too. <laughs> and we know about her reputation. Well, Bathsheba sure has a reputation. I'm not going to hang out with her at the uh, high school dance. <laughs> so David had a, deput- a reputation too, for that matter, if you think about it. So what I'm trying to say is that I realize that God can use anyone. Prostitutes. Drunken sailors. Any idea who I'm talking about there? Some guy who killed an Egyptian and then walked off a mountain with the Ten Commandments, and one of the commandments said, Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Can you imagine? Moses is, our, um, yeah, Moses is up on the mountain. And I keep growing my beard. I'm working on it. Um, anyway, so was Moses five foot five and fat? No, I don't know. Anyway, so Moses is up on the mountain, and God's carving out the Ten Commandments with his finger, and it's awesome. And Moses is just standing up and saying, Thou shalt not kill? Really? Um, I'm kind of guilty of that one. But um, we're all guilty of something. And God used Moses in a mighty way, of course. David, the giant killer and the adulterer. Father Abraham, who's also the father of Ishmael and the mess in the Middle East right now. Saul, who persecuted the church and wrote most of the New Testament. You get the idea. God has plans for messed up people like me, like you. So, are you a hero of the faith? Despite all of your shortcomings, despite how messed up you really are, if people knew what you were thinking all day or you know some of the things that you do, um, I don't want you guys to, be, to see my life that close up. Um, and so I'm like, I know me, you know. Lord, how could you use me? You, I know me. Um, but again, spoiler alert, like repeating a spoiler alert is a spoiler alert, but spoiler alert, you are a hero of the faith if you are in Christ. If you are one of God's saints, then yes, you are. So let me illustrate this by telling you some of my heroes of the faith. And as I'm going through this, I would just ask uh, that you would think about the people in your life who have similarities to the people I'm going to talk about that have been in my life that have been a hero of faith for you. 
And then, of course, there's probably a lot of circumstances that I haven't been through that you have where people have been a hero of the faith for you. So I'm going to start with my mamma. So mamma lived in Mississippi with papa. Made sense, right? And those are my dad's parents. They were school teachers. And we would travel to Mississippi every once in a while in the summertime. And I remember every Sunday with Mamma and Papa, we're going to the Primitive Baptist Church. So it was Hellfire and Brimstone Baptist with a cappella worship <laughs> and hymnal worship. It was rather odd, I suppose, but I didn't know any better. And the potluck afterwards was amazing. Grandma used to make this caramel cake. The frosting was sugar. And those of you who cook know that if you cook sugar long enough, it caramelizes. That was the frosting. <laughs> anyway, it's amazing. It's like a, you needed a blowtorch to cut it. But anyway, um, so then when I was 9 or 10, Mama and Papa came to visit us in Oregon, right? So now my dad and my stepmom uh, weren't church folk. And so I was basically growing up heathen, as I like to say. And uh, But when Mama's in town, we're going to church. So off to the First Conservative Baptist Church of Canby, we went. Uh, hymnals again, ugh. <laughs> but the piano special was heavenly. Uh, anyway, the pastor used this overhead projector, right? And uh, I remember he like drew a line, and then underneath it he drew this stick figure, and that was Satan, some flames. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, and, you know, I'm nine or ten, and I just really liked it there. I had this warm feeling, and um, you might say, I don't know, it's the Holy Spirit, you think? <laughs> um, so after Mama and Papa went back to the Magnolia State, I asked my parents, hey, I really like church, this church thing. Can I keep going? And there was a bus that picked up kids, and so they were like, yeah, sure, if you want to go, go ahead. And so I started going to the First Conservative Baptist Church of Canby, um, the, the Sunday school. And it was really cool. So I remember the Sunday school teacher, but unfortunately I don't remember his name. Um, not my main hero of the faith in this story, but certainly a hero of the faith. I was into science even back then, and I guess he figured that out, and he told me, Mike, the Bible talks about springs in the depths of the ocean, and scientists are just now finding out that that's true. And I was like, whoa, mind blown, God knows stuff. I mean, it was 1973, <laughs> but we know a lot more now. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was excited. So thank you again, Holy Spirit, because that was enough for me. And this hero of the faith led me in a prayer to accept Jesus into my heart. And this, it was amazing I remember seeing in my mind's eye, I had my eyes, eyes closed, and I remember seeing in my mind's eye just light exploding out of my heart. And it was like gunk was being scooped out. And I had this feeling of such joy. And it was amazing. And it was great. So I kept going to Sunday school for a while. You know, my, no one else in my family was going. So eventually over time, I quit going. And I really never, I learned a few Sunday school Bible stories. So none of the fun stuff about David and Goliath where David cuts off his head and holds it up. I didn't learn that until much later. But um, So, you know, I kind of just didn't learn a lot about the Bible. And by the time I was a teenager, I didn't know I was saved. I had no idea I was saved, and I certainly was not acting like I was saved. 
Uh, but sometimes I would get a nagging feeling. You know, in certain circumstances, I'd get this nagging feeling. Just remember that feeling you had when you were nine or ten? Shh, quiet. I'm trying to do some bad stuff. Um, so fast forward to the turn of the century, 22 years ago, and I was uh, driving once a month to see my kids. They had moved to Dallas. They were here for a while, and I used to pick them up after, after work and after school. I'd pick them up from school, and we'd hang out. It was a lot of fun. And so that went on for a few years, and then they moved to Dallas. And um, I made a commitment to my kids. I said, I'll come visit you, and really to myself. I want to keep this relationship strong. So the commitment was I was going to see him once a month. And so once a month I would drive up 82. Uh, it's a beautiful drive. And I would visit them um, once a month. And so in 2000, God started drawing me back to him. And so I'm making this cruise on 82, and I'm scanning the radio, usually for some good rock and roll. And I came across a sermon, and I like I started listening to it. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And I listened for a while. And I remember getting um, to where my kids lived, and I remember telling my ex-wife, I said, um, and this was weird. It was like kind of an out-of-body experience. I heard myself say this. I'm like, are you crazy? But I told my ex-wife, I said, well, if there is a God, shouldn't we try to figure out what he wants? And so this was God was doing this. It was amazing. So around the same time, um, I met the station manager of Family Life Radio. Uh, his name's Don Webster, another hero of the faith for me. I was doing the morning show at the time on Channel 13 with Adrian, and we had a thing where if you, would, uh, if you had an event coming up for your nonprofit and you sent us a T-shirt about the event or a coffee mug, we would promote it on the air. So come to find out later, God, uh, the Holy Spirit told Don to call me, so Don answered the call, and we went out to lunch. And super funny guy, really charismatic. We hit it off right away. And uh, then um, I got the 10-cent tour of the station. So it was really cool, checking out with Family Life Parade, all the you know, equipment, all that stuff. And, of course, I'd been a radio guy back in 84 before they had CDs and all that stuff. And, uh, so it was, it was interesting, and Don and I are talking. And then he asked me about Jesus. Like, really? So, of course, I gave him my opinion on Jesus, which was the New Age answer, the universe and all the, all the wrong stuff that I used to believe. Kind of embarrassing to me now. But, um, and, you know, Don's like, ah, it's cool. Hey, right on. Nice to meet you. And so we promoted the event on the show. Uh, Wheels for the World, Joni Erickson, Tata, they were doing, collecting wheelchairs. Um, and I thought that was that, right? Wrong. <laughs> About the same time, I met a girl. I did. And I took a fancy to this girl, and I think she liked me too. Turns out she was a Christian girl and uh, very much in love with God. And as I got to know her better, I found out she had some health issues, and I was concerned about that. And so one night, uh, I had my own house. I lived alone, and I was just, I prayed for her. It's the first prayer I said that I meant in my heart since I was that 10-year-old kid. And that instant that I prayed for her, God gave me that same feeling I had as a 10-year-old. Just that joy in my heart <laughs> exploding out of my heart, and I was laughing, and it wouldn't stop. And I was like, Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. <laughs> I've been wrong all these years, and Jesus is... And I was, yeah, 
So, Don, hey, Don. <laughs> Don, I was wrong. <laughs> you were right. This is amazing. I want to volunteer at Family Life Radio. Um, so she's one of my heroes of the faith, too, of course. So I did call Don and uh, started volunteering for Family Life Radio, which changed the whole direction of my life. That led to me meeting Pastor Ben and et cetera, et cetera, and here I am now. Crazy. Um, so back to my friend, who was a girl, but not a girlfriend. She was... <laughs> It's complicated. Anyway, um, she was thrilled when I told her what happened. And I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, this Jesus thing, it's real. What do I do about that? And she's like, um, go to church. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course, go to church. Uh, but which one? She's like, well, Trinity's a good church. I'm like, okay, yeah, Trinity, that makes sense. So um, I went to Trinity Church, and she goes, God's going to wow you. I'm like, what? She goes, God's going to wow you. You'll see. God's going to wow you. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Whatever. So I show up at Trinity in my suit. <laughs> First conservative Baptist church of Canby shows up in his suit. Now, back then, Trinity had about half the people wore suits, so it's not a big deal. Um, I don't know if anybody wears a suit in the church anywhere anymore. <laughs> Probably some of those conservative Baptist churches still do. But Anyway, I show up at Trinity in my suit, and it was a nice sermon about something. I have no idea. I don't remember. And at the end, he's like, we're going to play one more song. Amazing Grace. And I'm like, Amazing Grace? When I was at Mamaw's funeral 10 years before her in Mississippi, they played Amazing Grace. It was her favorite song. It's going to be, see if I can get through this. I almost cried when I was writing it, so it's going to be harder up here. But... Um, so I was singing with my eyes closed, and I just got overwhelmed. And I realized it was Mamaw's prayers that were being answered during that whole God drawing me back to him and me being at church. And it was Mamaw's faithfulness all those years, believing the promise, not seeing the promise, not giving up on the promise, pressing through on the prayer, and not giving up on the grandson that she loved so much. And I was like, I'm crying. And I was like, Lord, tell her thank you. And I heard him back in my spirit. He's like, she knows. It's beautiful. Just beautiful. So my mama is a hero of the faith who never gave up on praying for me. So check this out from Hebrews 11:13. And um, Hebrews 11 you know, is listing all those people and then kind of summarizes part of it here with all these people who died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance, and they welcomed it. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith. So let me ask you this. Who prayed you into the kingdom? I bet you more than a few of you have a story about who did. What hot chick or handsome dude lured you closer to God? <laughs> it could happen. It happened to me. What new or longtime friend encouraged you in Christ and loved you enough to share the gospel like my friend Don? What Sunday school teacher taught you about Jesus and led you in a prayer of salvation? My mom, 
So my mom, and she died a couple years ago, is what brought me back here uh, to, turns out, was to escort her home. What a privilege. My mom was so strong in her faith. And years before I became a Christian, she never gave up. It kind of felt like pestering. <laughs> but she was a prayer warrior too, and so she was always like, Mike, Jesus is real. This is real. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be a Christian someday. I keep praying it. It's going to happen. My mom's a hero of the faith, and I can't wait to see her again. And Mama again. And then my other grandma, there are stories there too. Um, she taught me had the spaghetti sauce, so, you know, maybe that's more worldly, but she was also a good Christian lady. Um, and it gets better. So I get to pick on, pick on a couple of my friends here in our church family. One of them's not feeling well tonight, so pray for Joe. He's got some rumblings in his stomach. There's a stomach flu going around, I hear. So um, I had a touch of it a couple days ago, but I just I thought I ate something weird. But anyway, a couple of weeks ago, my car would not start. So I called my friend Michael Riley. He's like, hey, man, <laughs> I got jumper cables, um, but my car won't start. So could you swing by and maybe we see if we can get it started? So turns out his jumper cables are better than mine. <laughs> so uh, my jumper cables got really hot. They're too thin. So he busted out the real jumper cables, and we rev he revved up his truck, and we got the battery, and finally got it started. Uh, so that's my friend Mike. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay, I'll do a loop around the loop. And so I did a loop around the loop, thinking it would charge up the battery. If the battery's good, and if the battery's not good, it's not going to start, and I'm going to have to go to the parts store, blah, blah, blah. Many of you have been through this before. <laughs> so sure enough, two days later, it's time to go to work. I gave myself some extra time, got down there, and click, 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 nothing. So I'm like, great. So I start walking to work. I only live a mile from work. I don't know if you notice, I can use the steps, so it was fine. <laughs> um, and uh, so then payday came, and I finally had, I had enough money for the battery. So then I called my friend Joe, Joe Mabry. He's like, hey, Joe, um, my car won't start. We've already jumped it. I did a loop around the loop. I think it's the battery. So Joe was early, so I didn't have the battery out of the car yet, and he helped me get the battery out of the car, and we had needed extensions, and you know how the cars are now. You have to take them all the way apart to get out the battery. So we disassembled my car. And uh, took the battery out, <laughs> and uh, he drove me to the parts store. They tested his bad. We bought one. He even offered to help me pay for it. That's Joe. And uh, we got we got back, put the car back together, put the battery in it. Everything's been great since. And then he took me out to donuts and coffee, <laughs> right? And so we got to hang out, joke around. Joe's a really cool guy. I know you know. So we miss you, Joe. Feel better, sir, my friend. And so. Uh, heroes of the faith, Mike and Joe. Well, I'm sure they are. Somebody's heroes of the faith. Um, maybe that's a stretch in this story, for perhaps for me, but let me tell you something from God's Word, and this will be a stretch too, but I'll, I'll make it work, I promise. So Mark 9, 41 says this, For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, this is Jesus speaking, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Now, the pop, proper application for this verse in context is 
that we should not expect rewards in the kingdom of God. And we should draw those who are the least of these to God because in the context of this story, the apostles were keeping the kids away from Jesus. Like, leave Jesus alone. He's an important person, you know. Jesus is like, no, let the kids come to me. And I tell you what, whoever gives a cup of water to drink in my name will not lose his reward. So that's the proper application. But, you know, that we don't expect honor like the Pharisees expected. They had a heart issue, a heart problem. But as we encourage each other, and as we encourage the least of these, and as we minister to each other in Christ, and as we minister to those who need Christ, I'm telling you, we will not lose our reward. And we don't do it for rewards. We do it because we love God, and because God loves us, and so we love people. Yeah. So as we receive God's love, we send it out and we share it. So, which leads me to my spoiler alert. Are you, yes you, a hero of the faith? Are you raising godly kids? Hero of the faith? Are you um, teaching Sunday school? Hero of the faith? Are you praying for prodigal sons? Daughters, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, cousins twice removed. Cousins twice removed from the bar. Hero of the faith, hero of the faith, hero of the faith. Do you encourage those around you? Letting your light shine before men so that they will give glory to your Father who lives in heaven. Even without realizing it, you are a hero of the faith. Because you see, once you become a child of God, by accepting his gift of his only son who died so that you might live, you become his ambassador on the earth and in the world and in your sphere of influence, in your world, given the ministry of reconciliation. You say, but Mike, I've never led anyone to Christ. Maybe not, but I bet you've planted seeds. I bet you've watered seeds so that someone else could reap where they did not sow. Christianity is not only a team sport, it's a family sport. Even if you don't like sports, tough. <laughs> All of us, the body of Christ, serving each other, reaching the world, and it's a beautiful thing that God not only saves us, but he uses us. Hebrews 11.6 It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So you want to please God? That's a stupid question. <laughs> I was told there's no such a thing as a stupid question. Do you want to please God? That's a stupid question. Of course you want to please God. Um, and God rewards those who seek him. And some translations say, seek him diligently. So how do you do that? I know. I know that you know. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, I don't know. Read your Bible. Probably a good idea. Pray. Read your Bible <laughs> some more. Pray without ceasing. So I have another hero of the faith. Uh, this one was much more random, but this is cool. I was working for Family Life Radio. I uh, did two years in Odessa. What are you in for? Well, 
<laughs> I'm here for two years in Odessa Lit, so it'll be fine. People were great, actually. So anyway, we had this evangelist, charismatic guy on the morning show. His name was Tom Letting, and a man full of faith, and he taught me something wonderful. He gave me the Tom Letting Bible reading plan. So Tom told me and our listeners that morning that if they would read their Bible, that God would bless them. They, that we had his word on it. We had God's word on it. If we read the Bible, God will bless us. He can't help it. And his plan was this. Every morning, read two chapters of the Old Testament, two chapters of the New Testament. That day's proverb, you know, there's 31 proverbs, 31 days in a long month. Five psalms. I cut that down to, that down to three. I cut it down to one when it was Psalm 119. Um, so that's how I, I adjusted it a little bit. So that's through the Testament, Old Testament once a year, through the New Testament twice a year plus a little bit probably, ish, I put ish, uh, through Proverbs once a month, and through Psalms about once a quarter. So combined with my habit of listening to sermons when I was driving my car, especially when I was driving across Texas to see my kids, um, I found this pastor, uh, it's funny, I'm working for DirecTV now, um, actually a contractor for DirecTV, but when I first became a Christian, for real, in 2000, I was writing the check for my DirecTV, because I had NFL Sunday ticket, and we got all the games, come on over to my house, drink a bunch of beer, and I just, the Holy Spirit was like, nah, you don't need that, and I was like, yeah, you don't need that, so I didn't write the check, so... Um, so I got rid of DirecTV, so I was going rabbit ears, and I discovered this Christian channel out of Midland. Uh, There's some cool stuff on there and some other weird stuff. But anyway, I found this pastor, and he was in Durant, Oklahoma, still in Durant, Oklahoma. And I just really liked, loved his teaching. I still do. And I found out that they gave away their cassettes. <laughs> so I like pick up the phone, hey, I'd like to order some cassettes. Um, us old people know cassettes. Um, and so they sent me some cassettes. I didn't know they were in Durant, so that's when they told me, we're in Durant. I'm like, oh, wow, my kid's living near Sherman. So that's just a short drive. So I used to take my son up to Durant once a month and went to Pastor Dwayne's church. And um, then I would pick up a whole bunch of the cassettes because they were there in the foyer, right? And so I had this box full of preaching, and so whenever I was in my car, which had a cassette player, <laughs> um, I, you know, had, I had a sermon going, and I'm reading the Tom Letting Bible reading plan, and man, did God use that to bless me and to grow me and, to get, and for me to get to know him, because you know God's word is Jesus, right? Jesus is God's word made flesh. So you want to get to know Jesus? Read God's word. You want to get to know Jesus? Pray, let the Holy Spirit teach you about Jesus. It's interesting because when you read in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, the Holy Spirit will remind you of my words. Well, it's probably a good idea to have his words in you first <laughs> so he can remind you. So it goes hand in hand. Read your Bible, pray, read your Bible, pray. And obey, probably a good idea to, you know, just throwing that in there. But, um, and you know, we all start and stop. And I didn't do the Tom Letting reading plan my entire life. And I haven't done it in a long time, unfortunately. 
Um, but uh, certainly at that time, it was a, a season that God had me in just vacuuming up his word and listening to great teaching, and the combination was just amazing. Tom Letting, a hero of the faith. And I looked this dude up a few years ago. I was going to you know, call him or send him a letter and thank him, and he passed away. Um, I don't know how long ago, uh, but his website's still there. and says, yeah, we, you know, that he passed away. But his legacy lives on, and I wonder how many other people that he was a hero of the faith for because God put this reading plan on his heart, and he went around ministering. I mean, he called the radio station. Can I come on? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Come on. <laughs> so every pastor I've sat under and listened to, hero of the faith, our pastor and our friend, Pastor Ben, hero of the faith, Pastor So, hero of the faith. Anytime that you're, anytime we're talking about God, and you feel that spirit leaping inside of you, and we're encouraging each other in Christ. We're hero of the faithing each other. It's uh, it's a really cool dynamic. So currently, I'm reading the New Living Translation in our one year Bible, you know, with the church. And uh, you add in some Radio by Grace, and you have a recipe for growth in Christ. There you go. And um, I found this nugget a few days ago when reading the above-mentioned one-year Bible. It's Isaiah 6-9, although we couldn't find it, so it may not, I may have made a mistake. Maybe it's not 6-9, but this is it. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. And I read that, and I was like, huh. Because God's doing some amazing things in me lately. You know, since... You know, talk about the men's group, and I highly recommend that you go there because we encourage each other. And I don't know how it came up, but you know, I just kind of made a commitment to the group. It's like I complain, I complain too much, and I've read the Bible, and I know how God feels about complaining when Israel complained and the evil heart of unbelief. And I was like. I've got to stop this complaining. It is ruining my faith. And so I committed to the group and I committed to myself to stop complaining. So I'm going to complain to you that I'm not perfect in that. <laughs> so I haven't been perfect in that. Uh, but I've gotten a lot better. And I tell you what's happened. It's like I stopped complaining. I stopped getting my eyes off of my problems to a large degree, not 100%, but and that's allowed me to get my eyes on Jesus and my eyes on God and to trust Him. And I tell you, I feel stronger in Him. It's like, He's God! <laughs> he made the moon and the earth and, the, and Mars and Phoebus and Deimos and Neptune and He made all of it like that. And this is Louis Giglio's line from How Great Is Our God, if you've ever seen that. DVD. It's like he's talking about how all the different sizes of of these uh, stars compared to our sun. So the sun's a ping pong ball, right? And then he gets, you know, and this star is three buses full of ping pong ball size, you know. And then he goes through the, all the amazing awesomeness of God and what he created in the universe. And then Louis goes, and we pray to him like he's this big. No, he's God. And in John 17, Jesus prayed 
that I pray that they are one with us as I am one with you, the Father. And so when you become a Christian and you are given this ministry of reconciliation and you are given God's love and it flows through you and out of you to your family, to your church family, to those in the world who need God's love, you become a hero of the faith and you can be strong in that faith and you can trust God. He's got you. No matter what you see on the news, no matter what you see on Twitter, and we know that there is evil raising its head, it is not a surprise to God. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and I've said this many times, you were born for such a time as this. It's not a mistake that we're here together in this time. I don't know what that means individually for us. I don't know what that means corporately for us. But I do know that God's got us and he has an assignment for us. And he's not going to let us down. It's amazing. So that verse, unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm, led to this sermon. So like I said, it's just been percolating all week. And what? Just, uh, it's been amazing. So as we close, as I promised you, I'd give you a chance to join the family of God before we finish tonight. And I can tell you this, it's very simple. It's very simple. But at the same time, it's a miracle. People say, well, God doesn't do miracles anymore. That's for Acts, probably. Maybe Elijah and Elisha, those guys were the miracle guys. But no, God's not doing that anymore. Well, I tell you what, they don't understand salvation and the power of God. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are miraculously moved from the world that's already condemned and into God's family with all of your sins forgiven. Blessed, happy is the man. Blessed, happy. Blessed means happy. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman whose sins are not held against them. That's what happens. (laughs) Jesus paid the price for the sins of the world. You see, we've all broke the law. Just like Noah, the drunken sailor, David, the king and adulterer, Moses, the murderer and deliverer. And that law demands a price, death to those who break it. And Jesus paid that price. And all you have to do now is put your faith in him and you know what? You get a new identity. So if, you, if you're Mike the drunkard, then you have a new identity in Christ. Now you might still be a drunkard, but that's not your identity. You're not a drunkard, so don't drink. Thank you, Jesus. You're not a liar. That's not your identity, so don't lie. Apply your identity in Christ to your life, and it will change your life. And God's working in you. His Holy Spirit's working in you and changing you. It's amazing. So, if the Holy Spirit's been drawing you, and you would like to join the family of God, just join me in this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner, just like all of the heroes of the faith that Mike talked about tonight. I'm just a person. I'm not perfect. I can't be perfect. But I trust in the only one who lived a perfect life. I believe that Jesus lived that perfect life, that he died on the cross as payment for my sins. 
I believe that on the third day He rose again and is sitting at your right hand in heaven right now. So thank you for forgiving me and welcoming me into your forever family. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, there is rejoicing in heaven right now. We rejoice with you as well. So please let us know. We have a Bible and other resources for you. If you're here, uh, if you're there or on the podcast, you can contact us through our website, Calvary Chapel Lubbock Church. Let's celebrate God's goodness with one more song. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.